0: Welcome back to Grey Malkin Lane, the podcast where queer friends gather to review and discuss the original issues of the X-Men from the 1960s. Last week in X-Men number 6, we saw Professor X and Magneto race to recruit the Submariner, the ruler of Undersea Atlantis. Namor, the only mutant that Magneto seems to respect, initially allies with the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, but after a complicated battle with the X-Men, he returns to the oceans. Now welcome to episode 7, The Return of the Blob. I'm your host, Chad Anderson, and I use he, him, his pronouns, and here with me are three of my friends. If you guys will all introduce yourselves and uh, tell me both the first comic book that you ever remember reading, as well as the first X-Men comic book you remember reading.
1: My name is Heather, my pronouns are she, her, Uh, I don't know what the... First, comic I ever read. My dad always had comics around, and, and I've inherited some of his collection, but I don't know what the first one was. But it was probably one of like the classic superheroes because I know he had Batman, Superman, things like that. So it was probably something like that. And I think the first X Men comic was the first episode of this podcast. I'm gonna be real. <laughs>
0: Oh, you had never read a single X-Men comic Not first?
1: an actual comic book, no. Like, I had read other things about the X-Men, but I had never read an actual X-Men comic until the first episode of the podcast.
2: I am so impressed with your nerdiness. <laughs> uh, my name is Matt, and I go by he, him, his. Um, my first comic I read, I don't remember, I would say, but I would, it was probably like a Donald Duck, Mickey Mouse, or Archie. Uh, First Marvel comic was uh, amazing Spider-Man. I would say it's issue like 324 or something like that. Do you remember what happened to that? Uh, Yes. It was where Spider-Man, Peter Parker, was hired by Silver Sable to protect a government somebody and Captain America was involved and Sabretooth showed up and fought Silver Sable. I love it. And I don't remember what else happened. What was your first X-Men book? My first X-Men was Uncanny X-Men 281. And that was the issue where the X-Men go to the Hellfire Club because Emma Frost called them. And it was the... Uh, um, it was the back then it was the x-men blue and x-men gold team sure and this one was consists of storm Jean gray colossus archangel and Iceman. and they go there and they're talking and kind of fighting with the other hellions and that's when um someone from the future pops up um his name was bishop Yes, but also the villain Fitzroy. Fitzroy, yeah, yeah, yeah this with green mullet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was a hip thing back then, right? Um, and he showed up with Sentinels from the future, and he started killing all the Hellions, and the X Men w- jumped in to help. And I remember it standing out because I thought at the end Jean Grey died because that's where she was took on some like like three Sentinels by herself. And they blasted her all at the same time. And at the end, you think that she's dead. Because they show up. Well, Clausus shows up at the end of the issue. Well, they come out of the building, and he's carrying her body. So you think that she died. There's a long trend in the X-Men. If there's so many characters in the comic. Is, <laughs> but that's an intense introduction to the series. Yeah, but it was so good. I remember, and I love the art yeah, of that and everything. And then, of course, you find out next issue that she just transferred her mind into Emma Frost, who was in a coma at that process. time oh, X-Men. and X-Men so, I love like you and, and listen,
0: Emma's huge in the comics right now as is the Hellfire Trading Company uh,
2: or yeah. the Hellfire and actually Club. I think it was the next issue wasn't it where Bishop showed up uh, Bishop shows
0: up right around that
2: I'd have yeah. to reread and I think it was when they the X-Men track Fitzroy to his like Antarctica hideout and Bishop and his two other Malcolm and I don't remember the other guys Randall name. Malcolm and Randall yeah and they show up it's my favorite law firm <laughs> <laughs> Bishop, uh, Bishop is in the Marauders in, this,
0: in the comics right now, and he looks so good. I
3: love his current look. He's delicious. I'm all about that. Hi, I'm George Michael Duven, or Mike to my friends. You can call me Mike. We're friends now. I'm talking to a Mike, and I'm a Mike. Um, <laughs> he, him. That is me. Uh, so the first comic I read, actually, uh, when I was growing up, I had a school friend who i would occasionally have little slumber parties with and his friend, his parents were friends with a veteran comic artist sal Valudo, and we went over to his house one night because they were friends with him and he brought us down to the basement and gave us some comic books for free so my first comic book that i read actually came from a comic book artist so it's kind of amazing i met him again years years later and kind of thanked him for introducing me to this but it was a dc sampler comic And I remember in that, which is also very baby Mike, this is, or baby gay Mike, this is eight year old me. Um, There was an excerpt from Teen Titans, the issue where Dick Grayson, Robin, uh, decides to stop being Robin, become Nightwing. And I remember him taking his shirt off and you see those abs. And I was (laughs) all about Dick Grayson and I still am all about that Dick Grayson. (laughs) Um, Also, which was cool, which a comic I finally read maybe about five, 10 years ago. It was Camelot 3000. There was an excerpt from that. Cool comic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and my first X-Men comic was actually the first comic I bought with my own money. right after the X-Men cartoon came out. I was all about that. Um, I went to the comic shop down the street, hopped on my bike. Um, and a comic called x-men 2099 had just come out yes so i found issue one and picked that up with its shiny blue foil cover and i just was immediately hooked went back down a few days later and bought actual x-men comics um, X-Men and Uncanny and somehow tumbled into X-Force from there. And yeah, the rest is history.
0: It's amazing how you hear different things out loud. So I've always said X-Men 2099. Yeah. But I hearing was 2099 because 2000 that's how I I'm said as a kid. kid. Oh, wait. Yeah.
3: Well, I mean, now I mean, I hear X-Men 2099, but I'm just so used to saying in my brain is X-Men 2099 as a kid. We that pronounce things differently. Yeah. I love it. It's the same with comic book names. It's weird reading these and then finally hearing pronunciations years later, trying to say them out loud because you've never said these comic names out loud and it's just weird.
0: So uh, my first comic book ever, uh, I don't know, I was 12, my life was falling apart already because my parents were divorcing. And I remember picking up an issue of Archie Comics' uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh. <laughs> and the Mutanimals <laughs> spinoff, and I bought them faithfully every month for a year or so. And then they canceled both titles and I was heartbroken. And I considered, I was only 13, but I considered for like three months, I wanted a series to be dedicated to. And I went down to my local grocery store, there were certain options, and I chose X-Force number 27, which was X-Force versus the Mutant Liberation Front. And I'm like, this is the book I'm all in on. And uh, uh, like, feral i think left the team and sunspot rejoined and there was all these things happening and i was like oh this is so great and that delved into just a lifelong like collection of comics after that i think so, we
3: started reading x-force about the same time honestly that's probably, about the time where i started yeah,
0: yeah it was so good the old yeah. fabian to yep. stuff uh yeah delicious. with
3: tony daniel yes.
0: yeah so we are here for uh, X-Men number seven today. Uh, Matt and Mike are two of my nerdiest, comic bookiest friends. And I'm so glad to have you both here today.
3: <laughs> so happy to finally be able to be here.
0: Uh, you guys have not read the original books, really, correct?
3: Not really. Some. I read like some. a rewrite of some when I was a kid that just sort of summarized like in novel form, the original X-Men cartoons. They're Remember, very wordy. Issues.
1: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Extremely wordy. <laughs> so let's begin
0: with X-Men number seven, the cover. We have uh, 11... Seven characters all kind of vying for attention as the X Men battle uh, the blob. <laughs> on the bottom, it says also featuring the evil you know who's,
3: which is probably
1: my favorite part of
0: the The cover. evil so and so's. <laughs> but I love
3: that first and foremost, and we'll get into this later, are beasts, piggly wigglies.
1: <laughs>
0: he has big old feet in this issue and and he's right up, in your face. His, and he's a little cross
3: eyed. He's on the cover. so his yeah.
1: eyes are so <laughs> that, and I think it's hilarious. I also appreciate that Scarlet Witch is clothed in the correct color this time. Yes, finally. <laughs> she was mis- green. She
0: was miscolored green on a couple issues. Yeah, like usually.
2: on the covers? Or- yeah. yeah. Oh. Uh,
0: we also have uh, kind of Cyclops and Iceman and Angel standing out quite prominently. Uh, it's a nice cover. I yeah. like this cover. Good job, Dan and, and Jack. Jack. Really- so there's a twist when we open the book. The first several issues are great. They're a little crazy, but they're a little repetitive. The X-Men are training, they fight a villain or a team, and then they're off. In this issue, we open with a, a surprise. The X-Men are graduating. Ooh, what are your thoughts? What, what kind of school is
3: this? How it's, long has it been? That's my first <laughs> thought. We're seven issues in, and they're graduating already. We
0: have an issue recently in which Xavier presents them with a cake that says a year has passed. Okay. Oh. Jean Grey's parents also visit, and they think that they're at some sort of a special government school. They don't know that it's a training facility for mutants, obviously. Uh, but yeah, they've they've graduated. grads and dads. They're posing for a photo. The boys are all in blue caps with white diplomas. Jean Grey, who has a new mask. And a new hairstyle. Since I last do issue. appreciate her costume change. She has a white hat and a pink diploma, Heather.
3: Why
1: though?
0: <laughs> because she's a girl
3: and girls get special diplomas.
1: Fuck that. <laughs>
3: Didn't you ever want a pink diploma,
0: Heather?
1: I don't I, think so. I no. Want,
0: I want a pink diploma. <laughs> Have you ever printed anything in pink?
1: Not on pink paper.
0: <laughs> maybe you should start.
3: Well maybe, maybe you don't I know should. what you're Although, missing
1: out on. I had a staff meeting today and my supervisor was talking about how there was one time she got a resume from a girl and A it was printed on pink paper and B under her skills she had listed I'm always willing to share gum Is
3: that her mutant power is she did she go to the Xavier <laughs> school Apparently
1: oh, <laughs> you're fired No she my supervisor was like I couldn't get past that to read the rest of her resume and, uh, and see if I even wanted to bring her in for an interview. I just couldn't do it.
0: <laughs> so I forgot to bring this up last time, but one of my favorite things from the old 60s comics is, like, the, the opening blurbs from the creators are so funny. So I'm going to go back to X-Men 6 for just a moment, uh, in which it says, in X-Men 6, Written with the flair of Stan Lee, Drawn with the air of Jack Kirby, Inked with the care of Chick Stone, lettered on a dare by sam rosen <laughs> and the letterer's always making fun of himself so in issue seven we have written with the spellbinding skill of stan lee written with or drawn with the titanic talent of jack kirby inked with the vibrant verb of chick stone spelled with the word uh, excuse me lettered with the word spelled right by art Simon. <laughs> so it just makes me happy because they're always yeah. making fun of the letterers in these it uh it's it's delicious a little bit Uh, so we have the first image of the blob here, uh, who was in X-Men number three when his mind was wiped. Uh, Matt and Mike, what do you think of, uh, the blob here as opposed to how you were first introduced (laughs) to him in the comics later?
3: Looks a little constipated.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know whether I'm more impressed by his hairdo or his purple shorts. I'm more impressed with
3: his body confidence and the fact that he's only wearing a pair of purple shorts. That's true.
0: He's working as a carny.
2: And Cause, so. Because when we were introduced to him, he was wearing a black spandex. And the yellow belt. A yellow and belt. he's
0: like seven feet tall and like mm. 400 pounds or something. Yeah. And here he looks like he's like five feet tall yeah, and like yeah. he's 190. shorter than everyone in the yeah. car.
2: And it was like his belly got bigger when we first were introduced to him.
0: There's a random panel in X Men 3 where he's bald. So I, <laughs> I am proposing that he just has a toupee old it time. It's probably a toupee probably. all the time.
3: Yeah. I'm all about Fred Dukes with that toupee.
0: <laughs> so as we step into the issue uh we see professor x congratulating the x-men they're all thanking him uh, a weird random change in this issue Iceman, in his ice form has randomly delineated shorts yes. now we can well, see his can
3: shorts see he had to show up for the photos with something on it's only yeah. proper
0: <laughs> we wondered at the beginning if he was naked
1: and then I it think turns he out he wears
0: yellow shorts
3: he, yeah he really? wears underwear
1: under his i think in the, the beginning he ice was iced, naked
0: so. That's just me saying that
1: though. It's very possible. Yeah. Is that just wishful thinking on you? Well no, or... I just like if I
3: if I was sixteen and <laughs> and closeted gay and could just ice up, I'd just be naked all the time too and just have this dirty little secret going on in my brain. <laughs> I'd do it now if I could, to be honest.
1: Right. I would. <laughs>
3: overrated
0: so we have xavier commenting that not only have they graduated meaning he's taught them all they can when it comes to their mutant skills but they have also received a diploma uh, which means they have completed a normal prep school curriculum so these are students who have gone to a charter academy of some kind and they are now equipped to enter the workforce should they choose uh, I don't know, it's kind of an interesting thing. We don't think often of the school for gifted youngsters as being an actual school. But or, here the, it's... yeah, actually but they graduating. But
1: anything. <laughs> yeah,
0: the, uh, the students in the current comics, I feel like, have been going for 27 years. <laughs> <That happened. laughs> the New Mutants and the uh, Academy X students, etc., uh, have been students for so long. But here they're graduating in X-Men number 7. Uh, any, any thoughts on these uh, preliminary pages with the X-Men graduating? Well, I... in
1: the picture that they take, it looks like Professor X is just standing there amongst them all. And, I mean, you realize later he was sitting on a bench. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but, like, he just looks like he's just standing there like a normal person. Like, he isn't Professor X.
0: <laughs> I'm a little... I think it's kind of cool. They're still very closeted mutants
1: at this point. Yeah.
0: But in this photo, Angel's wings are out, Ice Man's in his ice form. Yeah. They are in uniform. It's something they can only show themselves, but they're proud of themselves.
1: Yeah. I, I As they it. should be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've they're... survived a lot of crap.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I'm
3: just baffled behind this whole fake diploma, real diploma thing. Why, did, if they're so concerned about being outed with real diplomas for graduating of the X Men, why did they take a picture? That's
1: actually what I was thinking. But I guess when they have the actual diploma, that it says they, they graduated to show from
0: it, a real school, right? So why didn't they just hold that diploma? You know, it's possible. Those The diplomas are rolled up here. <laughs> but, I mean, if you're closeted, uh, I remember being gay and closeted and keeping journal entries and photos that might expose me as gay in very secret places. Mm-hmm. You'd hide them somewhere where no one could find them. But I still wanted to keep them because they were super sacred. Does that, does that resonate with you guys? Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So I think, you know, I think they want their little mutant pride photo, even though they can't show it to anybody. <laughs> yeah. Even with Jing's pink diploma.
1: But I also love how... Angel's like, did the picture come out okay, Bobby? And he goes, don't ask me, pal. Ask the camera. (laughs) 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 Like, okay, sass.
0: (laughs) Uh, Professor X gives a speech. Uh, He says, you are each more than mere homo sapiens. You are the forerunners of homo superior, superior man. You each have a priceless extra mutant power to be used for the good of humanity. Okay,
1: but tell us something we don't know, Charles. That's <laughs> and yet, what this whole thing that has every been issue. about. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> and yet, uh, you must still keep your X-Men identity secret. For the world of ordinary humans is not yet ready to accept you. While Magneto and his band of evil mutants still seek to d- destroy you, and then Xavier announces he's leaving for a good. For Get about out of 10 here. Minutes. <laughs> 10 minutes he's gone for at least two issues uh which sets up a trend of xavier being written out of the x-men good it happens over and over he's killed he's off in space he's on some sort of mission he's in a coma over the following decades xavier's written out because he's a problematic character he knows too much he's too powerful because say it with me
1: friends Charles is a dick.
0: Big <laughs> hey old bald dick. <laughs> oh, somehow that's worse. He is bald.
3: He's a dick, so it fits.
0: Uh, he also announces he's going to be announcing a group leader, which I think we all, it's pretty obvious who
1: it's going to be, but the readers yeah. back then must have been like, oh, who is who's it? Who's going to
2: it be it should the be Gene. Which boy will it be? Because it can't be a girl. Exactly. <laughs> but, but I did like how Scott asked the professor if it was going to be Gene. That is which, true. Because okay, he says that? that. Because he's like, she's aggressive. Yeah. <laughs>
0: and Jean's yeah, Jean, Jean should be their leader, I think, in a lot of ways. Yes. Uh, so we shift. Magneto has lost Asteroid M. He has lost his secret island, which the X-Men discovered.
1: And his Magna boat.
0: And his Magna ship <laughs> and Magna boat. And he has now moved still into... Magna
3: roller skates, though.
0: He has now moved into a, quote... Lonely ramshackle mansion which stands high upon a windy hill, half hidden at the edge of town. A
1: ramshackle mansion sounds like an oxymoron to me. You always <laughs> think of ramshackle as like little huts, and a ramshackle mansion doesn't sound right.
3: It looks like the Adams family lived there.
1: Okay, so I wish he- they did, that'd be cooler. <laughs> <For this laughs> right.
0: So, Heather, yes. you have just moved into a ramshackle mo- mansion with four male friends.
1: Are they friends though? One of them has. Are been they little, friends?
0: One of them has been a little creepy. He's a little wrinkly. He's got a mustache. He likes to smoke, and he wears a brown bag as a costume. And the second he gets you alone, he offers you a life in which he can give you whatever you want by creating illusions. I can take you to Europe. I can make you see anything you want at any time. You'll always be happy. Would you take Mastermind up on his offer, Scarlet Witch?
1: Are you fucking kidding me? There's no way on God's green earth.
0: This sounds like the worst
3: season of The Bachelorette ever.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But I love how Wanda, like, stands out to him and she's like, bitch, no. Like, pop off, Wanda.
0: (laughs) She says, stay back, the very sight of you is repugnant to me.
1: She's like, even, no, with you, even a palace would seem like a hovel to me, like... (laughs)
2: Say it, Queen. We love it. In
0: her head sock. And I
2: think it's interesting that Magneto is so overly protective of her.
0: Magneto is very protective of the Scarlet Witch. Although in the previous issue, he tried to pimp her out to the Submariner. Like you do. And
3: he's
1: threatened to leave her behind a
3: couple times. Hey, where do I sign up to be pimped out to the (laughs) Submariner? First, you have to wear a Scarlet head sock.
0: Done. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then we'll talk. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> Magneto's pissed at Mastermind. we have very hoppy Toad coming in to to put in his yeah, two seconds.
3: so much hopping I noticed yeah, is that it... the most effective way to travel <laughs> down a hall is hopping
0: our friend Ian a few episodes ago uh, talked about how Toad's always leaving a little bouncy urine trail behind but him he's in not in this issue it's
1: white instead of yellow he's because...
3: wearing his pampers today
1: <laughs> yeah
0: it's still so, uh, Blob gets called diapers later yeah oh. <laughs> <laughs> someone calls him diapers which is fantastic Okay, back at the uh, X-Mansion, Professor X is revealing one of his biggest secrets. Oh, can I say something first? Oh, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I couldn't remember where it was. Um, Whenever Magneto goes after Mastermind, and he's like, Magneto, the one you have sworn allegiance to, and all of a sudden he goes, Forgive me, I meant no harm, you know I am loyal to you. And Magneto says, Bah, loyalty is for homo sapiens, I expect no loyalty, I only demand fear and blind obedience.
3: That's my grinder profile. Is which, which part? <laughs> All of it. <laughs> All of it. <laughs> That's a long graduate. for well, you. Know. But like, I'm very specific.
1: <laughs> I feel like loyalty is better than fear. I feel like loyalty drives better assistance than fear does. But and I might be wrong. I
3: think that juxtaposes the new leadership of the X-Men as well.
1: Yeah.
0: In the current comics? Well, no. I mean, like in this now, issue like, as well. Oh, Cyclops,
3: yeah. because they're leading out of loyalty, out of friendship. Sure. Oh, I just... Spoiled.
0: No, no, no It's <laughs> two seconds Spoiling from now. It's, it's obvious. True. It's on the same page. Same yeah, well, page. that's true. <laughs> uh, and I mean, we can have a longer conversation, which we have in multiple episodes, about the psychology of Magneto. Yeah. But he clearly sees himself as better than... Yes. Yes. Either out of a sense of superiority or out of a sense of nobody can do this but me. But regardless, it's narcissism. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's real angry at these issues. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, So we have Professor X appointing Cyclops as the leader of the X-Men. Cyclops is very humbled and surprised. Uh, What do you guys think? Is is Professor Xavier making the right choice?
1: I think so. Because I think that, A, Scott wasn't expecting it, so he doesn't feel entitled to it. And, B, he wants so much to please Charles Mm -hmm. that I think that... He will do everything he can to continue Professor X's legacy, as it were. And I think that he is powerful enough to be able to do things. And he also elicits enough friendship and loyalty from the others that he can lead them. So I think it's a good choice. And
3: his humility is very prominent here as well. He's like, wait, the beast is way smarter than me. Angel's way more aggressive than me. And then Charles is like, but it's you.
0: And he carries a different burden as a mutant. Mm-hmm. His optic blasts, yeah. having to wear the the goggles at all times, or the visor, uh, and the fear that he could really hurt people if he ever cuts loose. I think yeah. there's a carefulness about him.
3: And I think that's very important, especially with a, basically a military team who's going out and fighting things. He's got to be careful. He's yeah. responsible for lives as well.
0: My like for Cyclops starts here.
3: I think my yeah. like for all these characters, like they very much have
1: especially because the others the support first. him in that like none of them are like well i should have been the leader they're like oh yeah cyclops is going to be a great leader like mm-hmm. we can totally make this work
0: uh maddie what if he had made
1: iceman the leader what would have
2: happened? <laughs> i don't think anybody would have taken him seriously
1: no milkshakes for everyone <laughs> i also am not sure that <laughs>
2: that's my new the order card. of the house would have yeah. stayed <laughs> and cause with cyclops i think uh he's at a different level of dedication than the rest of them at this point
0: uh what about beast would Beast make a good leader
1: no i mean he could if he really really tried but i think he is not necessarily a natural leader i think that he does really well being off on his own and doing his reading and you know Kind of just keeping to himself. Beast
0: is much more Donatello than Leonardo.
2: Very yeah. good. Very point. much, yes. That's mm-hmm. true. And Angel?
1: I think he could. I think he could have been the leader. I. Just from this issue, I feel like he tends to be more concerned about Jean than anyone else, which could be a, a shortcoming in. Situations if he's more worried about one person than anyone else at all times. But I, I think that he could do it, but he does not have quite the same drive that Cyclops does to do it.
2: Yeah, I think he's more, like, egotistical than yeah. Cyclops.
0: He's all swagger and arrogance. Yeah.
2: Uh-huh. The only person
0: who could have done it beside Cyclops is Jean Grey, frankly. Yep.
1: Preach
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Professor X opens a secret door. Cyclops has been wondering what's been behind it for a long time. And we get our first image of... Cerebro! Cerebro! Hey, which is hey, hey Chad.
3: Hey, hey, Chad. Because Professor X is now introducing Cyclops to the secret room with Cerebro in it, does that mean that they're Cerebros? <laughs>
0: Oh, the dad in me is singing your praises right now. I've been, so I've been
3: happy. waiting all evening to say this.
0: <laughs> uh, so let's describe. So Cerebro looks like a bunch of wonky robots it's connected by crazy intricate. wires. It's amazing. And Professor X describes it as, quote, "It is actually a complex ESP or extrasensory perception machine, which I call Cerebro, from the Latin cerebrum, meaning the brain. Its sole purpose is to aid in detecting new mutant brain waves." To help us locate other mutants, both good and evil. So in X-Men number two, we see the Danger Room for the first time, which is a huge X-Men staple. And now we see Cerebro. What's the legacy of Cerebro over the following decades?
2: It's always been a mutant locator, as it plays out in later issues. And it's usually only used by a telepath, normally. hmm Um...
0: It's much more computerized here. Yes,
2: and um, it eventually just involves a helmet connected to a computer that, like, amplifies the telepath's powers. It's sometimes a handheld
0: device. Generally, it's a big computer. But in the more modern comics, it's always been this big, giant, circular room, which they took from the movies. Yeah, thanks yes. to the movies, that it's sort of. huge facility, almost, where they mm-hmm. can track human minds across the planet. Yes. Uh, but here's our first image of it. Uh, what are your thoughts?
3: It's very Kirby. <laughs> Wires going in weird angles for no reason.
0: You kind of expect Arnim Zola to pop up <laughs> yeah, around the corner. Yeah.
3: Or Darkseid to shoot something out of his <laughs> eyes at the same angles.
0: Uh, so, big deal. Uh, there is one point in the future comics where Cerebro develops sentience as well and like becomes an enemy for a while. There's some crazy shit that happens. But here we get Cerebro for the first time, which is, yay, X-Men, Yay. <laughs> Uh, The team, after Professor X has departed, the team has decided to go out and party. Cyclops decides that he needs to stay back, and he announces that he's the new leader. He also tells them he was considering leaving the team in order to try to find a cure for his mutant powers.
1: And that's one of the first instances you see of that. Um, Because, like, in the movies later, Rogue wants to get rid of it and her powers and Mm -hmm. things like that. But this right here is kind of the first inkling you see that, like, not all mutants are like, yes, I am so superior. I'm am amazing. It's like, oh, this is actually a thing that isn't always a good thing.
2: And it's like he um, feels guilty yeah. about having this power to. Um... It's a burden
0: he's carrying yeah. in some ways that so he's doing his, his best with it. Uh, shifting the conversation to queer identity for a minute, there have been times for, I think all of us when being gay or trans has felt like a burden we have to carry. It's something we wish we could be rid of. Uh, certainly that's something I wrestled with for many years. Uh, any
2: comments from you guys? Well, I think it's something we all wrestled with in the beginning of our stages of coming out. I think it's a natural progression. As you come out, you, you wish you could change yourself. So you weren't gay, in the beginning, and then eventually, hopefully, you come to love and accept yourself. Can I find a doctor, a procedure, a book, something <laughs> that will take this away? Right? A magic or pill, a two-year Mormon mission, or
3: something,
0: yeah. like or a marriage. Oh yeah, marriage. Yeah. I yeah, I married and had children before coming out, and for many people, there's reparative therapy, and it, you know, if if we take back a generation, shock therapy, and all these things that people have subjected themselves to. Before you would learn how to celebrate yourselves uh, and and yeah. be full of pride, <laughs> uh, or just
2: or just prayer, you know, yeah, pray, pray away the, the game away.
0: Yeah, I thought you were purring like a kitten for a second, but now I understand. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, uh, so the uh, I like that we can be cerebros and then yeah. also like have deep conversations about being cerebros
3: positive. before cereb hose. That's what I always say. <laughs>
1: you always I say love,
3: that. <laughs> always as of right now i love how supportive the whole team is though exactly. when cyclops announces his leadership Every, like iceman is super excited for him everybody's just all and for Beast
1: it it's like of course it was the logical selection like it's it's great
0: yeah, it's, uh, we, we're, we've we got your back, pal, kind of the whole yeah, the whole exactly. way through. We also see Jean in her adorable yellow dress and hat. I love it. I
1: love it. <laughs> having,
0: having feelings for Scott for the first time. And she doesn't say it out loud, but Angel can see. Quote, Angel thinking, the way she looks at him. How can he be so unmoved? Can't he see how she feels about him? So we've seen some gentle flirtations between them, but this is kind of the first image of Jean, like, mm-hmm. really crushing hard on Scott which is, of course, setting up generations of X-Men stories to come <laughs> with clones and future storylines <laughs> and alternate children from the future. Yes. And their clones. And, they're and clones then as surviving as well.
3: 12 years in the future and other bodies raising those children oh, clones. That's true, yeah. Yes. On their honeymoon. Yes, like you do.
0: Complicated.
3: I love X-Men.
0: Uh, Cyclops stays behind. Uh, meanwhile, Magneto arrives at the carnival trying to find Blob, and he's in his full costume thinking this is the one place I
2: can be in my full costume which makes me like made me wonder like didn't people see like the newspaper or the news <laughs> right like when he tried to take over a missile base or I a think whole that country <laughs> I think that would have made it like front page
0: he conquered Santo Marco he took over a country uh, but he just is happy walking around you'd think it would be like easier to just put like a suit on
2: yeah but
1: you never see him in anything but his costume like so far
0: the blob is back uh, I presume that they're demonstrating his powers for the public again which is what we saw in X-Men 3 I presume the elephant trying to pull him is the same one that Cyclops blasted <laughs> with his optic blast a few issues ago he's, he's shot recovered a, nicely he's shot with a cannonball I
3: love that episode of The Simpsons where Homer gets shot with a cannonball oh. repeatedly he is the blob <laughs>
0: It's a crossover, it's Homer is the blob. You're right. Uh, and then Magneto finds the blob, and the blob says, what's up, rube? Which is a word we see like eight times in this comic book. Do you guys know what a rube is? Apparently, not. I looked it up. The definition is a country bumpkin. Yeah. Hmm.
3: That's why I don't know what a rube is.
0: Because you are one.
3: I'm holding my wine daintily right now. <laughs>
0: you rube. Rogue is a rube. A country bumpkin. Yeah. That's true. Uh, so Magneto uh, is furious when the when the carnival master tries to He's talk to him. He's
1: so fucking dramatic all the time.
0: <laughs> he drops a cage on him. Oh, the the guy yells, "Hey, Rube!" I and love
3: then... that. Apparently, that is the time honored carny battle cry. So I say we all adopt this.
0: I, <laughs> hey. Hey, hey Rube. Rube! That's how you just get the carnies <laughs> to come to you, y'all. Hey,
3: because Rube. Because
1: when you do that, then a group of husky roustabouts will come to your aid. Yes. Which is
0: maybe the best band name of all
3: time. <laughs> husky, husky roustabouts. roustabouts. Yes! Husky <laughs> roustabout. <laughs> I went to husky roustabout night at Triangles the other night. <laughs>
0: a roustabout, by the way, I knew this, is a uh, someone who like works at the circus yeah. or the carnival. It's mm-hmm. like the, the guys that put up the big top. Not stuff.
3: to be confused with rubes. Yeah, you are country bumpkins, thing. different completely. Right. We
0: get to see Toad cut loose for a minute here, which we've he seen a He gets few the times. Bounce outside. He jumps around on everybody's <laughs> heads for a minute. Mastermind <laughs> jumps in, and he's overly dramatic, of course. Still so trying to show off. and
3: Looking like Vincent Price cosplaying <laughs> Sherlock Holmes.
0: <laughs> he's posturing for the Charlotte, the, the Charlotte Witch. The Charlotte Witch. Well, oh, that's a good drag name, Ooh, Charlotte sure. Witch. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, and the scarlet witch gets you, to use her powers out there. i
1: love when she calls him a shameless coward because that is exactly what he is yes yeah. mastermind is a shameless coward
0: uh scarlet witch's little finger apps that so she just makes <laughs> shit happen all the time she, she gets mad. better so magneto still has his little, oh we're get, we're getting ahead of ourselves oh, yeah. no hang
2: on no you passed it yeah
0: Magneto still has his little telepathic powers.
2: Yeah. How how does magnetism
3: work
0: again? Just, would someone remind me? Oh, he does. Pardon me. I missed it. So Magneto still has his telepathy. We talked about this last time. It's not
1: how science works. Okay.
0: Okay. So I have some, I have something to say here. So I'm part of a group online of like super huge comic nerds. And I presented this issue to them. Magneto has telepathy in these early issues. And I asked, how does that happen? A few theories that were answered. Number one... Oh, go ahead, Matt.
2: Um, I have a theory about this, actually. And when I read this, I thought maybe there was something built into his helmet that allowed him to use telepathic powers. So my first guess was technology, yeah. Because I... I don't know if it... Future issues or something, but I feel like there was a point where, because of his helmet, he was able to block out Charles Xavier's telepathic abilities. And so... Which is a thing, but also yeah, in the future. Yeah, and so reading that, and going back to reading this, I just, I thought maybe it was built into his helmet.
3: Don't they also talk about, eventually, how Magneto helped Professor X build Cerebro, is that in the movies? Yes. I can't, I'm yes. getting things confused.
0: Yes, so Magneto Magneto's had involvement. We also learn in the later comics, uh, if you're reading Dawn of X and House of X, uh, Moira has revealed to Charles and Magneto at this time, like, what the future of mutants can look like. So they have a lot more knowledge than we realize, but the theories that the super nerds developed online, number one, Magneto uh, has a secret backer. So we talked about Astra. I don't know if you guys remember Astra. I don't know. No. Who's like a behind the scenes alien lady who's helping the Brotherhood. Number two, he may have a secondary mutant power which involves Just telepathy.
3: Sort of disappears after a few issues. Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: So, or number 3. So maybe
2: it disappeared when he was turned into a child. Maybe. Possibly. Yes, cuz
0: he gets turned <laughs> into a baby later. Yes. Uh, oh number 3 also he uh, he could he does demonstrate the ability to uh, manipulate the magnetism or the iron in people's blood or brains. And there could be a form of that taking place as he's using his powers here. Now, but the astral projection better. is a whole different thing. Yeah. But regardless, in this issue, he helps the Blob remember that he not only is a mutant, but the Professor X fucked with his brain. He
1: only helps him remember that because he is trying to get away from him, and he knocks his head around, and he's like, "Oh, hey, I remember now."
0: (laughs) And Blob is pissed. My my
3: explanation for all this is just to quote the the Bard, the insane clown posse: Magnets. How do they work?
0: Think that's how magnets work, Uh, but regardless, the blob is mad and and with just cause. If if someone is fucking around with my brain, I'd be pretty angry. Uh, Magneto wants Blob to join him. Blob does not want to, so he no. He says I will. Well, he attacks him first. Yeah. Yeah. But
1: that's before he remembers everything. Yeah.
0: The image of Mag- Blob like grabbing Magneto from behind. <laughs> like a yeah, old I love Nelson it. It's, snugg-
3: it's Blob Snuggle Time. He- I bet you he's a great snuggler. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be a great big spoon.
0: <laughs> you could be his tomato anytime. Yeah, yeah. he calls Jean Grey a tomato in a previous issue. Uh, but Magneto shows his power, and the Blob agrees to join. Now, Cyclops back in the mansion has a special meter (laughs) of known hostile mutants that will light up. So it it lists Magneto, Toad, Mastermind, Quicksilver, Scarlet Witch, Blob, and Unknown. And the Blob lights up, meaning his memories are back. Professor X, pre-programmed.
3: Blob alert.
2: But I didn't figure out, like, why it would light up even if he just barely got his memories back because he's, like, wouldn't it light up when he uses his powers?
0: I think Professor X, like, programmed... Cerebro, to yeah,
1: because he uses his powers constantly. Exactly, as that's what I was and thinking so, when like... I read
2: that. It didn't make sense, <laughs> and
1: they're but they're not worried about his powers until he has his memories back, so. right? I don't know.
0: Cyclops also accidentally calls Cerebro Cyberno. Yeah, I saw that. This is a thing that happens in the comics. Stan Lee will, like, just mix shit up all the time. Cyberno means Cyberno. So, like, for example, the Hulk was Bruce Banner, but then Stan Lee started calling him Bob Banner. So then they revealed his name is really Robert Bruce Banner because they had to go back and fix it.
3: And then back in the... 70s and 80s TV show, they called him Robert Banner because Bruce was too gay of a name.
0: Wasn't he David Banner in the show? Oh, yeah, it was David David Bruce Banner.
3: Banner. Because Bruce was too gay of a name to be used on TV. Because
0: you don't want to be Bruce from Spruce Street. Right.
1: I have a great uncle named Bruce, so that's really funny to me.
0: (laughs) Bruce. Uh, so Cyclops is alerting the X-Men who have gone to a little beatnik cafe. And the I, bohemian but, side of New York. I love it so much. They're little I think it's called the Cafe at go I think it's the name of this show. Oh, I think
3: that comes back a few times. It though.
0: does. It, it comes back in about half a dozen issues. Yeah. over. I think the next time we see it, this is X-Men 7, I think the next time we see it's X-Men 14. But they go to this little shop and there's just, <laughs> just a random assortment of bizarre little them. characters. I love, I love so them much. all.
2: But what I was wondering is like, Cyclops says he's gonna call Angel through his car phone, so the Angel's sitting down in his car waiting for Cyclops to call or something his, his or what? Car radio? He like you know because that's how radios, radios work. Yeah, I mean this is the '60s. So James yeah. Bond well, was a thing. He's not
1: there sitting with them. so yeah. he might. Be, that's what out I his was car. wondering. He's just chilling out in the
3: car. <laughs> he's got to hang out in the car. Poor Angel. Well,
1: he. <laughs> He's probably too posh to listen to the jazz combo that is so far out that they'll be fired if anyone can understand the melody. Could be. (laughs) There
0: are three profound things that happen in this coffee shop. Number one, Beast kicks off his shoes and we have a group of artists who are so enamored of his big feet that they must draw him. They pick him up and decide... To hail their new leader, the King of the Barefoot Beats. I think this
1: was
3: actually just foot fetishist night at the Cafe (laughs) Go-Go. It probably was. Which is
1: honestly probably my single favorite scene in this entire comic is the Barefoot Beats. A lady paints eyeballs on (laughs) his foot?
3: makes makes me so so happy. Honestly, I feel like this was the start of OnlyFans.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The beast just, like, kicking it back with his giant feet on the screen. Giant feet
3: and people worshipping them. It just sounds like OnlyFans.
0: (laughs) Number two, we are introduced to a very minor character, a beatnik poet named Bernard. Bernard. Now, Bernard appears half a dozen times, Mm -hmm. and many years later, here's how deep my nerd goes. (laughs) Bernard is revealed to be a mutant who can affect emotions in people when he reads his poetry. And he's a terrible poet. We get to see more of him later. He's very sporadic. He's very obscure. Well,
1: it says in this that he's just reading uh, a housewife's shopping list. Shopping list in, this,
0: <laughs> in this, his poetry is just reading his housewife's shopping list. Yes. Yes. But he's a he's a mutant. The third thing that's profound here, and we, we, we're we going to pause and have a discussion about this, is Iceman meets the waitress Zelda. Her last name is Kurtzberg, which is the same as Jack Kirby. Kurtzberg. Is that his wife's name? Uh, I don't know. I think Kirby is short for Kirk. No, but what's his but wife's name? Oh, I don't think well, his I'm going to do a little. I don't believe so. So, Iceman is is flirting with Zelda. He's letting her know he's interested. She's clearly interested back. So, for the gay men in the room, and, and for Heather as well, of course. Do you guys remember what it was like to be closeted and to believe that you had crushes on girls, or to really try to get there? What's Iceman going through here as he flirts? with this waitress. Any thoughts?
3: It's what you do. But I know that he's very bad at it. <laughs> I know he has goes through a series. I don't know does Zelda reappear later on? Yeah, Zelda's in several issues. But his relationships just just don't. He's never serious enough about them. He just seems to be going through the motions constantly. Like it's very easy to kind of retroactively go back and read his gay status in all of this because of just the way his relationships don't work and the way he approaches them all just kind of flippantly and really not seriously. He yeah. does eventually have one as
0: a long term relationship with a woman. He did Zelda for a while and then yeah. he dates Opal Tanaka for oh, a yes, while. Yes, that's his name. And then yes. he dates Shadowcat for a while. Really? Oh Kitty yeah, uh, so he's had some relationships.
1: Yeah. And in the movie he dates rogue.
0: Yes. <laughs> the movie version dates rogue. But do you, were you guys when you were teenagers did dates you date girls for a hot minute in the comics, which
2: was No. Um, <laughs> oh yeah,
0: that was strange.
2: <laughs> I, I remember there was a girl in junior high. I was in eighth grade and we went on like some mountain retreat thing. And she let her feelings be known that she liked me. And that was the first time I ever held hands with anybody. And I just remember, like, we were riding home on this on the bus, and she was holding my hand. I thought it was the most gross, disgusting thing ever, because <laughs> her hand was so sweaty. And she was just sitting there smiling at me, like, oh, fuck, this is nasty.
0: I, uh, I went on so many dates through high school and college, and I always had a reason to avoid physical contact. I mean, I would dance with girls, but I would always find a reason not to kiss them, like... I, you know, I'm just not ready for that, or I, yeah. I want to take things slow. I'd always have an excuse because I was so uh, so determined to avoid it because I didn't want it, I didn't desire it, but I yeah. also felt like it was something that needed to happen. If to... I didn't ever do that, if I wasn't dating girls, people would see that I was yeah. gay, and then I would be bullied or made fun right. of or exposed. Uh, so I, I relate to what well, I spent going through Well,
2: and I, and I think that we just didn't want it to be true that we had these feelings for men. Like, it wasn't what society was telling us was the right thing to do or be or feel.
0: Yeah, and Man remains closeted for many years after this.
3: Mikey, did you date a lot of girls? Not really. I had a buddy in high school. She was, like, my only real, like, pal in high school. And we would just sort of, because it was expected, go to dances together. Like, she would ask me the girl-ass guy dances, and I'd take her to the guy-ass girl dances. And it was just, like, us hanging out. And, like, after i came out i found out that she had come out as well so we were each other's beards we were just friends in high school who just really enjoyed hanging out with each other and just we're going through the motions together like i had never i've never kissed a girl honestly i still have not um i went to a couple dances with girls i thought i had crushes on i mean i just really vibed with them they were always a little bit more tomboyish and whatever but uh usually all the major like little dances we'd hang out together
0: so uh for those that don't know the term beard is something you can hide behind
3: as I am race. right now.
0: Yeah, both Mike and Matt have beards. But uh, when you're using it for this term, it's the idea that you're dating the opposite sex. They they serve as a beard for you. And ironically, my partner, Mike, his name is also Mike. Small world. When we were coming up with names for this podcast, he jokingly suggested the term Iceman's Beards, which is a <laughs> terrible name. Uh, Heather, we you are We could do a whole podcast bisexual. about Iceman's Pansexual. Pansexual, Pansexual. Pansexual. pardon me. Uh, did you ever have that feeling of needing a beard?
1: No, because I didn't even realize that I was queer until I was in my 20s. And so by that point, like I had had a few straight relationships, but nothing really serious, just cause that's not my bag at the time. and But I never had the, oh, but what if someone finds out? Like as soon as I realized it, I was like, okay, well, this is what's happening now. Okay. And so, like, I never, like, I mean, I'm not everyone knows, but I've never felt the need to have a beard because, I don't know, it just has never actually come up.
0: <laughs> so we're going to see Zelda come back in a while. Uh, we'll have more conversations about this. But Iceman, when you look back at this scene, I mean, when you read it then, it's just a 16-year-old flirt with a waitress. But yeah. when you look back, you're like, oh, buddy, <laughs> like, it's okay. <laughs> so you can hard. just be you. We love you. <laughs> The icy version and the gay version. It's okay. Uh, but we also see a long trend of the X-Men just lying to the public. they pre- It's the secret identity thing. Like, I'm going to pretend I'm something else and lie to people, which is a trend we see in Spider-Man and everywhere else, of course, too. Okay, Magneto has a... Random warehouse? He has a thing?
3: secret fight factory. <laughs> Magneto's fight factory. The first rule of fight factory. <laughs> you don't talk about But As you paint danger, keep out on it. That's the yes. first rule of fight
0: factory. And you keep a secret stash of giant phallic purple missiles. Also, you color coordinate yeah. with your outfits. <laughs> So they bring the blob there, they lay a trap, somehow they just know that the- Oh, no, no, Magneto sends yeah. a message, like, X-Men, yes. come get me. Yeah. And then he gives them his address. Yeah, he's, like, he's like, I'll be please, waiting for you at the phone. I will wait address. for you to get a piece of paper to write this down.
3: <laughs> okay, are you ready? But, okay, my address for my secret fight factory is- And he's like,
2: it's the warehouse that says Danger Keep Out, with an exclamation point <laughs> but on while
1: it. while that's happening and they're all, like, suiting up and getting ready to go, Bobby just kills me when he's like- now stand back, guys. I'm going to freeze up fast. And then he's like, oops, too fast. My shirt, shoes, and socks froze up too and cl- cracked clean off. Gosh, he's Zelda underwear always like that state. old shirt. Oh, no. like, it's like Bobby, sweetheart.
0: <laughs> he's trying hard. To fit he's trying so
1: hard, and I love him.
0: Uh, Magneto's not playing around. The X Men come. Professor X is gone. First thing you do is fly his giant red helicopter, and it gets zapped apart by and, magnet waves. And
2: you know you're going to fight Magneto. Why are you flying a metal object? <laughs> Why? And helicopters are not
0: cheap, y'all. Like, they are are thousands and thousands of dollars.
3: Thousands and thousands? I would say they're slightly more.
0: (laughs) Thousands and thousands and thousands. Okay. And also thousands.
3: Maybe several more thousands. (laughs) And a few more thousands. Just throw a few more O's on there.
0: (laughs) And the blob is pissed my favorite like, <laughs> my favorite scene in the fight to follow oh, go ahead Mike
3: well I love like the view so there's a view of them flying in the helicopter and you see a tiny pissed off blob shaking his <laughs> fists in the air down below them <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, they're like, and, and they're like let's go and annihilate him purple
3: purple panties <laughs>
1: oh
0: th- yes uh, those are like grandma panties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh we get to see Gene trying to raise the blob but he controls his own sense of gravity
1: which right? is so cool
0: so he's stuck to the ground and she just lifts the ground up under his feet it's kind but of it's, amazing yeah
3: it's kind of cool it looks like I don't know how to describe it uh, for because you know it's a visual medium that we're trying to describe on a podcast I know it's almost like there's two chunks of clay that are coming up underneath him and his feet are attached to them This is a cool visual. Good job, Jack Kirby. Yeah, it's kind of cool. It's kind of fun. And then there's just so
1: much happening in this whole sequence. Like, I don't even know.
3: (laughs) They are attacking and Blob is pissed. And then Jean Grey passes out. Yes. Please continue.
1: Well, she she overexerted
3: for a moment, (laughs) which I understand.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Does she faint a lot? Uh, no, we should have a
1: faint no. count. I think I this is actually the first time she actually really just passes,
0: passes out. out. She's a little damsel-y in some of the issues, yeah. but I think she's never passed out yeah.
1: before. And she's not quite
0: passed out. She's oh, just she's like passed out. Like, she's passed like out. on the next she's like, like Cyclops her carrying her. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> oh no, no, she is you yeah, right. So Magneto is Magneto is ready to like kill these fuckers. He comes out with like giant purple missiles ready to explode. Uh, talk about the fight that follows with the missiles flying everywhere.
1: I love the Iceman's ice tunnels. That's what he calls. I them. thought
2: it was so cheesy.
1: I love it. So cheesy. <laughs> it's
2: like, come on, really?
3: That's what I thought. Cyclops yells, create a curved ice tube. That's what he calls his penis. <laughs> <laughs> the
0: ice tube.
3: His curved, curved ice tube. tube. Oddly specific, but
0: <laughs>
3: Cyclops knows somehow.
1: Well he says it he says the way you've done it in practice sessions.
3: Yeah, in their so- practice sections wink <laughs> Cyclops blasts a hole in the Cyclops ground I think Cyclops is
1: aggressively straight if we're being yeah there. I
3: love how he blasts a hole under Iceman to help him dodge the missiles Right,
0: rather than just I guess if you hit <laughs> the missile it, it would explode. probably explode yeah, yeah. yeah. And, well that's what he and, said and, or yeah, if he, he could like it.
3: gently blast Iceman out of the way I don't know but I love that in fact he blasts a hole in the ground under Iceman this
0: is not the, his first hole in the ground blast no.
1: <laughs> no he does that with the and it
3: won't be the last isn't
1: it the carnies the first time or the criminals with the vanisher if that's what it is <laughs>
0: Uh, God, these comics are so wordy. Beast throws mud as he announces he's throwing mud. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's a, there's a caption about the mud being thrown and then Blob screaming, ah, there's mud in my eyes. There's so many words. Uh, the, the images were plenty.
3: I think Stanley got
0: paid by the word, maybe?
1: Charles Dickens did. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, so Quicksilver is trying to zap. Uh, Quicksilver is trying to, to knock back Angel. Cyclops zaps Quicksilver. Jean Grey picks Quicksilver up and spins him around. She's conveniently around second, come back for from the fainting. The second issue the in right a row, moment.
1: she has done that to Quicksilver. That's her
0: favorite move. She likes picking people up and spinning well, them around. that's in the only circles. way that they
1: can catch Quicksilver. I, I do. But it. then after, like, he gets free, he goes, "I'm free. Nothing will ever catch me now." And it's like, nothing, <laughs> Pietro. This has literally happened to you multiple times, and now you're going to say nothing can catch you except for that. <laughs>
0: Uh, so the fight gets a little crazy and manic for a minute, and then Iceman freezes Blob in a giant block of ice. I would like to hear all of your best. There's a sound effect when Bob when Blob uh, quote expands his enormous bulk end quote <laughs> and shatters the ice. Uh, can I hear all of your best sound effect for this?
1: The baroom. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> that's not my. That's not my attempt. No, I'm, that. I'm I'm ready for your baroom. I don't know if I can do it very well. Baroom.
2: That's oh, good. That's good. Baroom.
3: <laughs> I'm trying to think slightly blobby, so like barroom. <laughs> yeah, I think he
0: needs to have an element of baroom, 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 baroom. <laughs> I, I adore comic book sound effects sometimes. Uh, so Magneto's done. He just launches all the missiles at the X-Men and uh, how do they survive?
1: And well they're like, but the blob is there too, and he goes, That's his hard luck. He's served his purpose. Like Magneto's just out here using and abusing at this point. Like, he always has been, but at least he's brought the people along with him. This time he's like, no, nope, Blob did exactly what he's supposed to do, so it's just gonna happen.
0: We have seen him be willing to sacrifice his multiple allies yes, to this.
1: But all of his team, he's sacrificed before and then brought back. And this time he's like, if Blob dies, he dies. Like,
0: the X-Men hide behind
1: <laughs> Blob.
3: <laughs> and then Angel grabs Jean. I'll shield you, Gene. Behind Blob, who's shielding and then everyone. And later, else. he's
1: like, "Stay back, Jean. There's no telling what he'll do next." And it's like, "Angel, Jean's a big girl. She can take care of herself." Angel She's got some
0: loves to inappropriately touch Angel, he, uh, Jean. He Green. does. It happens over and over. He just keeps touching her, grabbing like, her, picking her, picking her, up picking
1: her up, and like running away with her. And
0: I'm uh, a little pissed about it.
1: <laughs> Angel, your chauvinism is showing. He's rich. Hide he can that. get away
0: with things. So- no,
1: he cannot. <laughs> <laughs>
0: three giant missiles explode the blob is knocked down but the x-men survive and magneto says i had everything figured perfectly but the blob spoiled my plan he was in the way again i failed and he summons his magna car to take them all away hey magneto you're the one that brought the blob in right why
3: did you bring him if you did it again
0: this is the fourth issue in a row where Magneto has had to flee in a ship with his with his Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. He just runs away because it's too much. It's happened in four, five, six, and
1: seven. Yes, I
3: I love the Magna Car coming to you soon from Hasbro Toys. You can buy <laughs> yours now at Toys R Us. It's
1: like the Bat Car, Magna yeah. Car, Magna
3: Rocket, yeah,
0: Magna There's,
3: Marine. A very... They're just
0: selling action figures at this point. <laughs> Uh, and There's then vibe. the X-Men, now that the Brotherhood's gone, the X-Men give Blob one last invite to join their team. And how does he respond?
1: Like, no, I'm through with mutants. i through with fighting other people's fights. I'll never trust mm-hmm. anyone again. And like, honestly, we stand.
0: Yeah, he is, he's done. This is like fucking crazy. Like, he just got blown up. I'm done with this. Well,
1: I guys. also, but one of my favorite things, like one of the things that I definitely stand the most about this is afterwards he says, I've no hate left in me. I'm just weary. I'm going back to the only place where I belong, to the carney. I've lived a sideshow freak and that's how I'll, that's how I'll die. But like, I love how he's like, there's no more hate. I'm just tired. I don't want to do and this anymore. Go. And like, I'm here for it. I stand.
3: And as he walks off, he yells the time honored carney battle cry, Hey Rube.
1: No, he does not. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, don't be a room, Mike. Because oh, he's not
1: trying to call the husky roustabouts
3: too, <laughs> <laughs> I also love how Jean's like, you could receive X-Man training. And in seven issues, you could get a blank diploma and a and perhaps
1: in time a if you p- qualify, a pink diploma. It'll match your shorts. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, so per- perhaps the most profound moment of the issue comes in uh, these these last couple word bubbles. Uh, Cyclops. Oh, you says, mean
3: the one where where Iceman says he has no pockets <laughs> in his tiny trunks? I
0: mean that's that's great. That's pretty profound. <laughs> but uh, I, Cyclops says, "I seem to remember something the professor once said long ago. There are good mutants and bad mutants." And there are also some who hate being mutants, some who turn away from the great responsibility their power imposes upon them." We presume that there is a, and I'm going to go queer theory here again, a mutant community. Mutants can be born in any family, in any socioeconomic status, in any race. Some of them are good, and some of them are bad, and some of them don't like who they are. And there's something very profound and kind of uh, like kind of raw about that. What are your thoughts on that statement?
2: My mind went the same place yours did when I was reading that, actually. And I had the similar thoughts about good and bad and not wanting to be a mutant. And yeah. So. When
0: we're closeted, we have preconceived ideas of what being gay is and what good gays versus bad gays are. Like, they're in the pride parade, but why do they have all those clothes off? <laughs> we have these ideas of what good and evil are. We... Resent but admire, and and uh, it, it takes time to learn how to love ourselves. I don't know. Mm-hmm. There's something about mutant pride that, that translates, I think, over.
3: But I think also, like, he, Blob has his tribe. His tribe are the Carnies, like the people he identifies with, the people he mm-hmm. feels at home and comfortable with. Uh, Magneto's got his tribe. The X Men have their tribe. We'll see other tribes of mutants where they kind of fit in later on, as we've seen the Morlocks and things like that in the 80s. But yeah, there's a lot of you know as we all started coming out we found our people our tribe the people that we relate to the people that support us the people that have our backs
0: we form our own homes yep. like in places own. like Creamalkin lake team of
3: misfit <laughs> youngsters
0: uh so and the blob feels most at home among yeah. the misfits mm-hmm. with the rest the same people that he once convinced to go attack the x-men with him you know like you do you know you know, that's well, why giraffes shove their head through windows and eat Bobby's milkshake. Exactly. That's why- <laughs> of oh, those giraffes. That's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> what were you going to say, Heather?
1: Oh, I was just saying because they were willing to go with him because that is his quote-unquote family. And so the fact that they were just willing to go along with him and be like, oh, yeah, let's go fight the X-Men because our family needs us too.
0: So there's no surprise revelation at the end that Professor X is still around and being a jerk, which has happened in previous issues. <laughs> how, he's actually fucking gone. He's gone for a minute. And uh, we get to see what the students shine out. Uh, uh, what are you guys most excited for as you look forward to future issues? Assuming you don't know what's coming.
3: Looking forward to seeing how Cyclops comes to his own. I've, I don't know, like Cyclops has always been kind of a guilty favorite of mine, even though he's kind of the, he's lame. My favorite Ninja Turtles has always been Leonardo, even though he's basically this the, the Cyclops of the Ninja Turtles. <laughs> I don't know. There's just something about them. I'm kind of looking forward to seeing how he deals with the situations that will be coming forward to him. And I really like military tactical Cyclops. Cyclops. Yeah. I think he's great. <laughs> See, I'm kind like, of I, ex- I love how he evolves over the years. I love how Cyclops comes along. Yeah, He's always been a bit of a stick in the mud, but that's part of his charm.
1: I'm kind of excited to see how they all come into their own because this is the first time that they really, really don't have Professor X to lean on. Even if they don't, even if, you know, a couple episodes, they, a couple issues ago, they didn't think that they had him. He was still there. So this is the first time that he's really just not. And so I'm really excited to see how they all kind of grow and come into their own and come into their own as a team.
2: Betty? um for me it's the development of going from one-dimensional characters to different levels and not just Cyclops being like Mr military and iceman being the 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 clown of the group but the characters develop and grow along the way and develop different relationships with each other
3: that's yes that's what makes x-men what it is is just how these characters evolve and the relationships they form and the friendships like through this through the claremont years like just that's what makes x-men what it is is the relationships and i'm excited to see I too i think
2: going on what mike said is that uh no matter what happens it's like they know that that's their family Mm -hmm. and they they can always go home whenever they need to or want to
0: Marvel Girl and Angel get kind of left in the dust in this issue. I want to see more of what happens with them. I want to see them more solo without Professor X. Also, I'm left wondering, like, where did he go? What is he doing? He went to a
3: bathhouse. He just went on a bender for a few (laughs) weeks. He's like, I graduated these bitches.
0: I'm out uh also you just wonder if he's fucking with him i'm just watching you from around the corner to see what you do he's got him. another
3: secret cerebro the yeah. real secret cerebro um, room he's been a
0: jerk in he a is few a jerk issues. uh was your favorite character in this issue and why i think my favorite in this issue strangely is the blob i think he's <laughs> i think he's got some charm and some character and a little bit of tragedy but he also comes across as really powerful i think he's a little bit of a great villain in this issue
1: I was actually also going to say The Blob, I think, is my favorite in this issue. Either that or Cyclops, because I do appreciate, you know, Cyclops being the leader and coming into that role very well. But yeah, The Blob, I really just kind of feel for him by the end. And he doesn't want to fight, and he doesn't want to be a pawn in the mutant games. And so he's like, nope, I'm going to go back home, but see ya.
2: Um, for me, I would have to say Cyclops, because I felt sorry for him when he felt that he needed to stay back at the mansion while the others go and have fun.
3: Mine would be Bernard the Poet. <laughs> he just really shines as he's reading that shopping list. Even though he I want to know more about him, what his That's backstory right is. <laughs> I'm going to go home and write like several hundred pages of fan fiction about Bernard the Poet.
0: Perfect. I advise everyone to get on YouTube and look up Beatnik Poetry now. Harry et oh Harry et hard-hearted yeah. harbinger of haggis. <laughs> uh, so uh, thank you my husky roustabouts for <laughs> being here this evening. Uh, all, if you, all of you could just give your preliminary reaction just a few words to the cover of X-Men 8 which we'll be covering next time uh, in which it's called the uh, excuse me it's called Eunice the Untouchable
1: The Uncanny Threat of Eunice the Untouchable.
3: Preliminary reactions. All I know is that my Eunice is not untouchable.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my. I'm sorry. Also,
3: it looks like just another fainting Jean Grey pose.
0: (laughs) She's got some weird-ass poses
1: sometimes.
2: It just comes across very feminine with her, you know?
1: I think that's what it's supposed to do. Yeah.
0: I'm going to ask Heather this because she's the only one that doesn't know. What do you assume Eunice's powers may be? I'm assuming she's untouchable.
1: Yeah, I'm like, I'm assuming that he like repels because that's what it looks like he's doing and also he's might untouchable. might be his
3: personality.
0: <laughs> all
3: right, also hey.
1: Also, he has like a, it looks like a spider on his underwear. Spiders so are know. creepy. Nobody would touch me if I had
0: spider underwear. He's a costumed wrestler. We're going to learn all about him next oh, time. <laughs> all right, everybody. Thank you for coming back to Grey Malkin Lane. We hope you're having a good time. Uh, please, please share with your friends. Leave us comments. Let us know what you're enjoying, what you want more of. Uh, who you want to see back as guest hosts. Uh, and uh, please like and subscribe. It will help us a lot as we're trying to build a fan base. We're having so much fun making this. Uh, Mike and Matt and Heather, thank you all for being here. And we will see you guys next time on Gray Malkin Lane. You're the untouchable. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, it's so hot down here.
1: It is hot. It's always so hot by the end of the